the whole user experience of actually buying an NFT is sort of challenging. In reality, you know, like um, for you uh, to be able to buy uh, an NFT, uh, which is a, like I mentioned, a digital token of a sort, you need also to have cryptocurrency. And uh, CryptoPunks is a, a series of, I think, 10,000 um, um, basically faces, pixelated faces, which are considered to be a piece of art, uh, which are now being traded for incredible amounts of money. It's because we are in a bit of an NFT bubble. This is Chair, a place where we discuss innovations. In recent months, revolution happened in digital art market. Uh, here to explain what NFTs are uh, and how UNICEF plans to implement this uh, is our guest uh, Vladimir Trkulja. Uh, Vladimir co-founded uh, Startit, uh, NGO that works toward elevating startup ecosystems. So, Vladimir, uh, welcome to Chair. Pleasure to have you here today. Thank you and thanks for inviting me. You are dedicated to empowering people living in developing countries. Uh, what propelled you to towards working in UNICEF at the first place? Well, it's it's sort of a maybe uh, interesting personal story because uh, uh, at the moment when I was uh, sort of recruited to work uh, with UNICEF, uh, I was at a point of my career where I was thinking, you know, like what I would like to focus on next. So my uh, my background is mostly technical, you know, like uh, studying computer science and working my whole life in that domain. But at some point, I uh, co-founded Startit, and Startit was a sort of a quite a crazy journey, you know, like uh, working day and night to achieve uh, sort of a high level goal, empowering the the startup uh, community in Serbia, making opportunities for uh, people and companies who would like to develop uh, innovative products. And uh, after, uh, after I uh, stepped down from the organization and uh, stopped to have an active role, I was sort of uh, at that point in life where you uh, are open to actually explore what you want to do in your life. And uh, at that point, uh, I somehow stumbled. Actually, a friend of mine told me about the, uh, the, the position that UNICEF in Serbia is seeking. And, and it was quite strange for me. You know, like it involved startups, and it, it involved innovation. And there was a sort of a global innovation fund which UNICEF has created. And I was like, what is this? You know, like <laughs> I never heard about this and uh, UNICEF in my head, you know, like as it is for most of the people, uh, very warm memories from the childhood about the New Year greeting cards and, you know, yeah. like all of that. But at that point I was like, this actually sounds quite interesting and this sounds like a good add-on to what I was doing in my uh, previous life. Uh, so, yeah, I, I applied. I... Uh, went through the process, which is quite intensive. And uh, I saw that as an opportunity to basically continue to um, to give to the local startup community to bring opportunities. And in this case, also to bring capital from abroad, which was always one of the issues of the local startup community. You and know, it like, still is. It still is, of course. I mean, I, I, would, uh, I would say that it's not the key one. Because now when you look uh, all the funding opportunities and all the hackathons on which you can actually win 10,000 euros prize, when you compare that to the 
I don't know, eight years ago when you basically have almost nothing. It's amazing development of the of the whole community and the opportunities for the community. So I sort of wanted to contribute more this time from the shoes of somebody who is a global institution or global organization and to put uh, foreign money into Serbian teams. So that was basically the idea that uh, I was uh, I was behind when I joined UNICEF and also in my personal life that at that time I was uh, about to become a father and uh, suddenly everything related to children was basically <laughs> much more Making important. Making more sense, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's like combined both personal and uh, business-related interests, and that's that's how I ended up here. And that's a great situation to be in, right? I agree. I mean, I wouldn't change it at <laughs> this point. And uh, share with me some project that you're working right now. I'm sure that that are interesting one, and we will come to, to NFTs through that for sure. Yeah, so um, uh, this whole story about uh, uh, getting involved with UNICEF happened like three years ago. And <laughs> I'm sort of, uh, or is it two years? It's actually two years ago. And I'm quite amazed how quickly it uh, it went. Uh, I mean, it passed. So um, I, um, I was focusing during this uh, few years mostly on sourcing teams from Serbia who have interesting technology and the ideas how to improve the lives of children. Because this uh, global UNICEF's innovation fund is sort of a pooled fund which has like 35 million euros plus a few million uh, euros in, uh, in cryptocurrencies to invest in teams from underdeveloped and developing countries uh, and to support innovators in those countries who are trying to do something good for their communities and for children in their communities. So the idea is, you know, like... Um, Uh, UNICEF is looking for teams who are not from uh, like USA or Israel or Germany uh, or even Slovenia uh, who uh, 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 who have the access to capital, who have different type of focuses, but we are looking to support people who are uh, who cannot really get uh, reasonable uh, amounts of funding in those uh, not so developed countries. So uh, uh, my focus was on uh, finding those teams in Serbia and it's uh, it's an ongoing process basically trying to identify teams who are doing something for children uh, and uh, uh, doing things which are applicable on the global level uh, and also developing solutions using really like the um, the newest technology like uh, virtual reality blockchain artificial intelligence machine learning drones or whatever and also making sure that those teams are developing those technologies using the open source licenses you know, like it's it's not really a large amount of teams yeah. or companies who are already Small doing community. that yeah it's really like a really really niche community so uh, the focus was on trying to identify and also empower teams who are considering doing something like this and also speaking with a lot of stakeholders like companies who are discussing spin-offs of their existing technology which can be open source especially in the blockchain domain because a bunch of things in the blockchain is by default open source uh, to basically consider doing a spin-off or doing a specific product targeting a specific target group like children or indirectly children and that that definitely did have some success but uh, that's one part of the of the things that I do 
uh, on the larger scale, you also try to follow up on companies who do get into the program. So UNICEF Innovation Fund is giving like $100,000 and uh, teams get into one year program where you, they get mentoring, when they get support, all the usual accelerator slash incubator stuff. And uh, uh, working with those teams is interesting. I'm, I'm working mostly with teams who are from Serbia or from the region, from the West Balkans region. And so far we we had one investment in a team from Serbia, and that team is developing a VR and AR platform for education to uh, help uh, uh, pupils and uh, and their teachers to uh, get into complicated topics using uh, virtual reality to explain something like uh, uh, experiments in the chemistry or physics or some math concepts by using VR and AR, which is like much more compelling to children. So that's that's something that I'm that I'm focusing on, and hopefully this is a global story. So like Serbia is just one of the countries which can the teams from Serbia can actually compete with uh, all other countries uh, with all other teams from the global south countries uh, to get this funding but also we are now working in the local UNICEF to basically find ways to focus a bit more on the local issues of children because um, uh, local uh, problems uh, in Serbia and uh, local problems in of children in African countries, for example, it's really not the same. I mean, uh, we do have uh, a lot of issues which are related to children, but they are not on the same level or the same severity or the same even type as uh, as children in, in uh, non-developed countries are facing. So that's something that we are now trying to a bit decentralize the approach, try to get some funding for the local tech community to solve the issues which the local UNICEF uh, country office has identified as the crucial for the children in Serbia. So it's very interesting how you connected the, 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 the dots uh, from the technological perspective and that what you're doing with, uh, uh, with UNICEF and uh, with their mission to help children. And we are with this, we're coming to our main subject of today, of uh, uh, NFTs and uh, how, how this get in that picture that you just painted. Yeah, so uh, you could say that we are now uh, in a sort of a NFT hype and that everything, I mean everything, related to NFTs is getting a lot of attention, especially from the community which is uh, which is uh, connected around the blockchain and the cryptocurrencies. But, you know, like, let's try to explain what the NFTs are because it's it's sort of an interesting uh, collection of words. And, uh, and you could say that an NFT is basically a digital asset which sits on the top of a blockchain uh, and that asset is pointing or is a piece of content. Uh, it can be an image or video or audio or text or combination of it. So... Uh, um, NFTs are uh, one of the ways that a blockchain can be used to tokenize or to represent different things. And uh, 
this uh, NFT craze didn't actually start now. It started like in 2017 uh, and later, uh, where the earliest uh, popular things like CryptoPunks have been created. And uh, CryptoPunks is a, a series of, I think, 10,000 um, um, basically faces, pixelated faces, which are considered to be a piece of art, uh, which are now being traded for incredible amounts of money. So like uh, they are being sold on the secondary market for like uh, millions of uh, dollars. And the, the important thing about these CryptoPunks and everything, every other NFT, almost every other NFT that we are speaking about, is that they are unique. You know, like there's only one piece of it. And you can verify the, all the important parameters uh, describing this NFT. Who is the creator? Who is the owner? You can see on a digital ledger, which the blockchain is, basically uh, all the history when the, this NFT was initially minted or created, uh, who bought it, uh, then who bought it uh, after that, uh, uh, what it represents, uh, what is its current value, and so on. So this is, this is sort of revolutionizing the art industry. Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, we are now seeing that many artists who are um, either digital artists or the, you would say the, uh, the uh, offline world artists are starting to create digital assets, digital art, and put them on the blockchain in order to create NFTs. And uh, they are being bought for... Uh, <clears throat> often quite a, a lot of money. Uh, you can also argue that it's because we are in a bit of an NFT bubble and people are hoping that by investing in NFTs, their value is going up. And in a one year, or two year or 10 years, something that they bought for like $500 or equivalent in the cryptocurrency would be worth like 100,000, 100 or 1,000 times more. And I mean, uh, with this experiment with CryptoPunks, it actually, uh, is proving to be <laughs> right. very, very true. But of course, I mean, we, it's still to be seen how this is going to look like. Uh, uh, of course, when you speak about the NFT art, it's not just like this pixelated faces. Uh, there are many art pieces now that you can uh, buy as NFTs. Uh, you can buy the Banksy's uh, works. Uh, there are very famous digital artists like Beeple who is also selling uh, his uh, art uh, as NFT and his uh, NFT piece was actually sold for tens of millions of dollars a few months ago. So this is really like growing community. And also when you look at this recent uh, crypto, well, I would not say crash, but uh, uh, sort of a, a bigger dip, which happened like a few weeks ago, the volumes and the amounts of NFT trading didn't really, uh, really, didn't really fall that much. So it's like thing which is happening, which is you, you might argue that it is a bubble, but I think that we are now beyond the point where you can say that this is not going to work. You know, like all of this is going to work zero dollars. No, it's not. It's probably going to work much more, maybe at some point a bit less, but it's generally growing. 
Well, that was a bubble with the internet as well. So, but uh, today we are, everybody is using it, right? That's a great analogy, you know, like that's, that's, that's a great point. So uh, I think that, you know, like this art is only one example. And with art, it's also interesting that, I mean, as somebody who is not really uh, connected with the art community, I don't know much about that. But the thing that I understand is that as an original content creator, if you're an artist and you, let's say, create a picture, uh, you create a painting and you sell it and you earn some money uh, after that you know like if that uh, picture uh, gets uh, reselled you don't actually have anything out of that or maybe you're building yourself a name or having some sort of other value but you're not earning money for that connected with that specific art yeah but with nfts it's a bit different you know like as a original uh, nft creator you can say uh, that you want to have like five to ten percent it's usually five to ten percent of each consecutive sale of that art piece which is happening on the secondary market And that's happening automatically. So, for example, uh, you create an art piece, uh, I buy it from you, and then somebody else buys it from me. From uh, that person who bought it from me, uh, for from the value that uh, it was bought for, like let's say that's like uh, I don't know, uh, let's say that I'm really good at art and uh, it's sold for like one million dollars. Ten percent of that would really like go to the original art creator, and that would happen automatically because NFTs are basically smart contracts on a blockchain, and all you need uh, for that to happen is to have the wallet address of the original artist who created the art. So after After each sale, it automatically happens. The money, the digital currencies, are automatically transferred to the artist's wallet. And that's like, that just happens. So that's a great, that's sort of really like revolutionizing the, the art world in this, this sense. And it's going to be interesting to see how this is developing because a lot of Uh, 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 institutional uh, creators of uh, content are getting into this domain, especially people who are doing the collectible cards like Doctor Who or the American Baseball League or the NBA Top Shot, which is now quite hyped and so on. They're using at this point something that there is a lot of money in it, but it's going to be spread on the other dimensions as well. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, like we, like humans really like to possess things, you know, like we want to have something that we are attached to. So uh, also that's a big uh, difference. That's this non-fungible in this NFT uh, name. So they're non-fungible tokens. You, uh, if you take a $5 bill or $10 bill or whatever uh, bill, it's like fungible you know like it's replaceable you can exchange it for any other uh, dollar bill because that's it but uh, you know like your dog or my cat you know, like they're non-fungible you cannot really like exchange it for another cat even if they look the same but it's not that cat so those are the thing with nfts people just want to possess something that they grow attached to as it is with the art in the in the physical world And uh, that brings us to the point of how actually UNICEF is going to uh, utilize the NFTs. So um, on the local level in UNICEF in Serbia, we are sort of exploring the NFTs as a um, sort of vehicle to do fundraising. Uh, UNICEF is the only UN uh, agency which is solely uh, responsible for its own budget. So whatever UNICEF spends, uh, uh, UNICEF needs to fundraise. 
either from uh, governments or from institutional donors or from the private donors. And uh, we see this uh, NFT thing as a great opportunity to do an experiment, like to see if people or companies would be willing to actually uh, buy uh, the NFTs, which were uh, co-created with UNICEF and the local artists and sportsmen or sportswomen or game artists in Serbia, uh, and to buy them uh, in order to advance children's agenda. Uh, agenda. So, like, uh, we are planning to offer uh, certain unique uh, art pieces uh, uh, to the general public in Serbia uh, in a form of NFTs in order to fundraise for a certain specific uh, goal, like uh, maybe for the neonatology awards in Serbia or for buying additional incubators or for something else which is at that point important. This year we are uh, sort of celebrating um, the 75th anniversary of uh, UNICEF uh, and this looks like a, a very interesting thing to do to commemorate this. Uh, and UNICEF, UNICEF is actually, you know, like trying to be innovative because uh, we define innovation as doing something new or different, uh, which brings value. And we definitely see this approach for fundraising as something that can bring really a great value to every stakeholder in this domain, to children as the uh, like direct beneficiary of this uh, whole experiment, to companies or individuals who would like to possess or to have something which is like a digital art uh, co-created with uh, UNICEF and the artists. Uh, and for... Um, and for those artists also, because we see this as a great way also for them to maybe put what they are doing in the focus. So we are looking forward to this experiment, which should be happening in the next few months, and to see how the local market is actually reacting uh, to this sort of opportunity. So uh, why Serbia? Why is Serbia interesting to UNICEF to try this for the first time? Uh, when you say UNICEF, you know, like people usually think about this huge organization, which is basically present on each in each country and territory. But in reality, you know, like every country of, or territory has its own UNICEF country office, and those country offices are organized uh, and coordinated by the regional offices, which are then you know like coordinated by the headquarters in New York. But you know, like in reality, you have a a lot of opportunities as a country office to explore things that are interesting uh, for the local market and which seem to be innovative. Because um, from my experience, uh, uh, it may not look like that, but in UNICEF, there's quite a potential and uh, uh, quite a sort of a mm, positive attitude on uh, doing something innovative. And uh, when uh, when we were discussing the topic of uh, cryptocurrencies, which is by, uh, by itself quite interesting, and, uh, and we came to the topic of NFTs, it was like, oh my God, you know, like this is, this fits perfectly, you know, like... Uh, 
UNICEF was well known for the greeting cards. Uh, that business, well, that activity is sort of now outsourced. Uh, what if we could do something which relates to that, but is using the new technologies and new uh, paradigm to offer something which is now more ap- appropriate for this time? So uh, uh, to answer your question, basically, it comes to the point that it was a local initiative uh, by a few of us to try to do something innovative. And we already see that there's a lot of interest from the uh, regional office, you know, like to see how this pilot goes in Serbia and so then to try to scale. scale it. Yeah. So it's it's like uh, nobody is going to uh, forbid you to do something new or interesting because that's actually also the mandate of UNICEF in each country. You know, like UNICEF, whatever uh, is UNICEF doing, you're trying to uh, validate uh, that the thing that you're trying to improve can be improved by doing certain measures. And if you have a good uh, results of the pilot or of the of the prototype, uh, you are basically uh, looking for a stakeholder, and that is usually the uh, some sort of governmental agency or ministry or a civil sector, which is going to take this uh, measure and institutionalize it. So you know, like UNICEF is not interested to you know, like continue all the time doing something uh, repeatedly and Just investigate it. For the, for yeah, the like this works. You know, like now if we agree that this really works, brings value for the local community, now you as a government can take it and you know, like absorb it into your programs and your plans. Of course, when we are speaking about NFTs, that's sort of an internal UNICEF thing because it's like uh, actually helping UNICEF be better uh, in what UNICEF uh, does at, as its core sort of, I cannot say businesses, but as its sort of core activity, and that is fundraising. Yeah. So uh, uh, to go back to NFTs, uh, uh, what you can see or or what you think will be the biggest obstacles that you need to overcome with this initiative yeah the the whole user experience of actually buying an nft is sort of challenging you know like i do foresee that uh, when we say okay you know like you can now uh, buy a digital asset and uh, the money from uh, from that is going to go for children that sounds really good i mean and we expect that people and companies will be willing to do so an idea can be sold yeah. yeah so it's like it's it's totally okay instead of donating directly you actually sort of buy something you get something for th- your money but in reality you know like um, for you uh, to be able to buy Uh, an NFT, uh, which is a like I mentioned, a digital token of a sort, you need also to have cryptocurrency. So uh, the process is not so straightforward. And uh, uh, in order for companies or individuals to actually uh, buy NFT, they first need to buy a specific cryptocurrency, in this case, probably Ether, uh, which can also maybe be a bit challenging. Uh, you know, like you need to buy something with, uh, uh, with uh, fiat money, Dinners or or a foreign uh, currency, and then you exchange that for a cryptocurrency, and then you spend this cryptocurrency okay. to basically Huge get flow, an NFT. Right? Yeah. So uh, so making this process uh, as 
straightforward as possible and giving a good explanation how that works, that's basically one of the challenges. Because the whole NFT market is organized into sort of uh, uh, online markets where you list your NFTs. And we are going to use one of them, uh, but we're also going to have a, a sort of a micro website or a dedicated landing page on a UNICEF Serbia website where we explain this process. You know, like when we really tell to people and give them like uh, steps how you actually like first of course what are NFTs and uh, why it would be interesting to have one and what it is uh, contributing to and how do you which steps you actually need to take in order to actually buy NFT. So I see that as one of the obstacles uh, but uh, that's something like in the business you would say that that's uh, creating a market and uh, we as a UN um, agency uh, and the whole innovation uh, uh, hype is also happening inside the different UN agencies and there's a lot of uh, pushing to be innovative, to do things to do new things, to uh, set hypotheses, to test it, you know, like to quickly validate if something works or not we are more than willing to you know, like try to see how this goes and also to help the local uh, stakeholders in the blockchain and crypto domain to be more visible and to put uh, uh, cryptocurrencies and NFTs and the whole blockchain thing into a more public narrative, you know, like to mainstream it a bit more, because of course this whole uh, thing with UNICEF's NFTs uh, is going to have quite a, a big visibility in mass media and you're going to speak really quite a lot about that. This is probably the first time that that uh, that I mention it, it, although we do not have the whole so thing ready yet. Premiere here, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so this all sounds enthusiastic, but uh, are there any uh, negative sides of NFTs? Uh, mm, of course, you know, like uh, uh, <laughs> always two sides of the same yeah. level, right? Uh, first, I mean, uh, it depends from which side you look at the negative sides. Like, uh, would UNICEF be able to fundraise more money? Uh, if we just, you know, like said, you know, like, uh, please donate and this is the cause and just, you know, like send your money to this uh, bank account or so, uh, probably, you know, like that would attract some other type of target group. But the fundraise amount would be probably the same. The process is well known and uh, we would in theory even be able to fundraise a bit more. But like I said, we look at this as a sort of uh, validating a hypothesis that there's like whole segment of uh, people who is interested in this topic and who are actually willing to donate just because they're actually uh, participating in something which is good and they're also getting a sort of a cool digital asset for that uh, because that the, the these NFTs are actually going to be quite cool. Um, also, when we speak about the negative things, uh, there's a lot of hype again on the sustainability of the blockchain, you know, like uh, um, that blockchains are eating quite a lot of energy, that there's a huge environmental uh, uh, effect because you need a lot of electricity to uh, to secure and validate uh, blockchains, like this mining thing. Uh, but, you know, like... Um, we also never said, you know, like we are not going to use internet uh, because, you know, like internet also requires electricity. So uh, that is uh, maybe just a current narrative. 
and also in the long run um, many blockchains which are considered to be uh, the future of blockchains or how the blockchains and cryptocurrencies are going to look in the future are currently migrating for this sort of mining thing which is based on a proof of a work algorithm where you actually need to solve very complex uh, uh, mathematical uh, operations in order to validate uh, blocks. Uh, they're uh, moving to a proof of stake which is a completely different thing, which is much more similar to the internet approach, where you actually have nodes uh, on which people put their own um, tokens, and uh, these tokens are locked and they are used to secure and validate uh, everything that's happening on that blockchain. Uh, this uh, proof-of-stake approach is using immensely less, uh, uh, less electricity uh, than the proof-of-work. And that's probably... Much um, less calculations and everything. Yeah, probably. I mean, the Bitcoin as the uh, biggest and the most well-known cryptocurrency is going to stay on the proof of work because like Bitcoin is basically digital gold. You know, like you, it's just a store of value. You buy Bitcoin, you put it somewhere and it just sits there, you know, like. But the second and especially the third generation of blockchains, uh, they are much more than that. They are basically, you know, like... Uh, internet computers which can do uh, different uh, operations which can do whatever you want them to do like these smart contracts and uh, and they uh, I think that basically all of them in future are going to migrate away from the proof of work uh, algorithm so this kind of environmental impact I would not say that that's that's probably now uh, quite uh, uh, big as a mainstream topic. I mean, it's not even mainstream, but it's like a present in the media. But in the long run, that's not going to be an issue. So you started to talk about the future regarding the blockchain, but uh, let's finish with the future of NFT, how it looks like. It's, nobody knows at this point, you know, like uh, this phase where we are, that's basically like exploring what can be uh, tokenized and what can be made as an NFT and what are the real use cases for these kind of things. So uh, the blockchain generally, I mean, uh, has had and it still in a way has this issue of really trying to find real life use cases for using the blockchain. And the last... Uh, a few years they're actually emerging you know like there's a there's there are cases where actually using a blockchain is not only like a cool hipsterish thing to do like you're using you're having a project on a blockchain you're having a blockchain startup and so on uh, to uh, situations where actually blockchain is a key and integral part of uh, deploying the solution that uh, that is a solution for a problem that you're trying to solve so uh, NFTs now I mean you can say that uh, uh, in the art industry, they are definitely here to stay. Uh, I think that uh, uh, digital uh, virtual exhibitions combining the virtual and augmented reality with uh, art, which is on a blockchain as NFTs, that's something that's already happening. The COVID pandemics definitely Just show that. that, you know, like, yeah, it's uh, people, are going to, uh, people uh, are already going to virtual exhibitions and museums where they can take a look at some of the uh, artworks where they can actually buy them from, you know, like, uh, from the virtual environment and where they are buying also the virtual avatars which are NFTs which are representing them which can also be customized and so on so uh, uh, 
I would say that uh, that uh, the one of the next big things where NFTs are going to uh, to move into are um, are accessorized sort of wearable things. Like you uh, buy a jacket, and with this jacket, you also get an NFT, which like proves that you are the owner of that jacket, and uh, uh, you can display it somewhere. You can show it. You can even get certain. Uh, um, let's say bonuses or offers based on that you are easily verified as the owner of that uh, jacket. Uh, so uh, still uh, the, the space for NFTs uh, is uh, rather new and there are a lot of teams globally who are working on on developing new use cases how the nfts are going to be used i think that the luxury segment is really like uh, one of the things where the nfts are probably going to uh, to penetrate first uh, first like there because um, because of the value yeah the it's uh, the value is big the items are expensive uh, people who are in this segment and who are buying the products or services from this segment usually want something additional and the nfts sound like a perfect companion to your I don't know, Lamborghini or whatever, you know, like, so it's probably one of the directions, but like tokenizing real estate, that's like a huge market that that's now, begun, that's not really now, it's like a year back, uh, beginning to explore this whole topic. Vladimir, thank you so much for this conversation. I enjoyed it today. And for you out there, subscribe uh, and next Thursday, next innovation. Thank you. Thank you for having me.